We would like to thank Podcorn for sponsoring this episode of Tech Time Radio. Explore sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast by signing up at podcorn.com forward slash podcasters. Let me tell you about Podcorn. Podcorn is an absolute must for any podcaster starting out. Now, when we started out Tech Time Radio, we started out in a back office with a couple of mics. We expanded to a studio, and then now, as you can see, we're on the radio and have distribution into other markets. Having the ability to have Podcorn at the start of our podcast would have been a dream come true. Guess what? With Podcorn, you now have the amazing opportunity for podcasts to receive sponsorship, such as host reads, interview segments, and topical discussions. With Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all size can browse and choose opportunities right on their platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without exclusivities. You never give up the rights of your podcast in Podcorn, and they're here to support you everywhere possible. Visit podcorn.com. Again, that's podcorn.com. Podcorn is a true success for those starting their podcast dreams. Broadcasting across the nation from the East Coast to the West, keeping you up to date on technology while enjoying a little whiskey on the side with leading edge topics, along with special guests to navigate technology in a segmented, stylized radio program. The information that will make you go, hmm, pull up a seat, raise a glass with our hosts as we spend the next hour talking about technology for the common person. Welcome to Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum. Welcome to Tech Time with Nathan Mum, the show that makes you go, mmm, technology news of the week, the show for the common everyday person talking about technology, broadcasting across the nation with insightful segments on subjects weeks ahead of the mainstream media. We welcome our radio audience of 35 million listeners to an hour of insightful technology with a bit of whiskey on the side. I'm Nathan Mum. Welcome to our show today. We are live streaming during our show on five of the most popular platforms, including YouTube, Twitch.tv, which I'm monitoring and updating chat. So if you go to Twitch.tv, I'll be responding to your chats today. Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We encourage you to watch us live or visit us at TechTimeRadio.com or even tweet us out, which I'll be watching that during the show today. Also at hashtag TechTimeRadio. So if you have anything you would like to do, pull on over in your car and you can... uh, Tweet us out a question, and we'll answer that live on the air. I'm your host, a technologist with over 30 years of expertise working for companies like Microsoft and Vulcan Inc., and a keynote speaker on technology subjects from cybersecurity to blockchain and everything in between. My co-host here, Mike Roday, is an award-winning author, originally from Arizona. He's a human behavior expert living in the Seattle area with a master's degree in forensic psychology, a 20-plus year career helping others understand human behavior so that you can always make better decisions. Mike keeps me from geeking out while providing insight into human behavior and how it interacts with technology. We're two friends that come from different backgrounds but bring the best technology show possible every week for our family, friends, and fans to enjoy. How are you doing this week, Mr. Gorday? Oh, it's been a week. It's been a week? It's been a week. It's been a week. Well, hopefully that's a good week, though, right? It's only Tuesday. It's already been a week. It's already been a week. (laughs) All right. Well, welcome to the show. We have got a lot of exciting things. We're we're, we're going really kind of into the science kind of uh, space and science is our theme for today's show. We didn't really necessarily plan that out, but it just kind of all happened happened to be in those articles that were there. So, Odie, hopefully you're ready. Let's get ready now to start today's show. Now on today's show. 
All right. Jack Dorsey says the Twitter board has always been a dysfunction of the company. Well, Elon Musk looks to take over Twitter. What an interesting story we're going to be talking about. We're just going to hit this one all over the place. We have. We started this way. We broke this two weeks ago, right? So we were talking about it. And this story is like a soap opera. Let me just tell you, it is never ending. And the stories are getting crazier and crazier from poison pills to people being upset. We're going to be talking about that today. And then we have a guest, James Riddle. He's back on our show. He hasn't been on for a while. He's going to be talking about brain mapping and why they are testing it in outer space. Okay. Okay, so real big thing here. If we're all going to live in planets out of our solar system, our brain and our gray matter, well, I don't want to ruin any of it, but (laughs) it's a very interesting topic to talk about regarding space with that. And you know that the U.S. Appeals Court reaffirms that web scraping is legal. This is kind of a big deal, too, web scraping. So let's say you have a website, right? And you Uh post people's names, you post information of that. If I go and I scrape that site or if I copy that information on a public website or any website that broadcasts on the Internet, I can resell that information and collect information and it is not illegal to scrape that information off of it. So they're saying that if you're using your... Public inform or you're using your information in a public space. It's it's automatically public. It's automatically public. And so let's say I have my name and I have my except, contact except number I and my can, email. Except I can use it to make money off. Of That's it. right. So, so if I could put it into a database and then resell it, it is not illegal and it's not considered stealing information if it's posted on the web. It's yeah, very I've, interesting. I've, I've, yeah, I, I've I've heard this before. So and so this is a big this is a big deal. LinkedIn, Microsoft, LinkedIn was essentially the real opponent on the back end because you can go to any LinkedIn profile. You pretty much see the person's name Mm -hmm. where they work and information. And a lot of people scrape LinkedIn specifically and then resell it on a secondary market for contacts and for uh, leads and lead generation. So this is a big deal that is probably going to affect a lot of companies and all those random emails you're going to get. Yeah, it's a little bogus, but hey, there you go. All right. (laughs) And then, of course, we have This Week in Technology. We have Mike's Mesmerizing Moments and Pick of the Day. So sit back, raise a glass, and welcome to Tech Time with Nathan Mum. Now it's time to start our show with our loaded question of the week, brought to you by Elderberry Boost. Get your Elderberry Boost today at elderberry-boost.com. Mike and Odie, here is your loaded question. It is, if you were a doctor, what specialty would you choose? Brain surgeon. You'd be a brain surgeon? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, there's a few people that I would like to do brainectomies on. Okay. <laughs> so you'd, well, you want them to remove their brains? Is that what you're saying? You want to that, d- delete right. that space? That's, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Other, okay. Than that, other than that, we all know that I have a fascination with the human brain. And so you're going to love today's uh, subject with James. Yeah, we're going to talk We're going to talk about brain gravity. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty cool. All right, Odie, the question's to you. I have no idea what it's called, but the person that breaks your bones back into place. A chiropractor? Mm, a guido? Yeah, a, a chiropractor? Yeah, or, I guess. Or, or, or uh, well, there's a big thing. So the chi- chiropractor is the one that, that crunches it back. Yeah, no, and then there's... No, it's that's not, not a real, that. Not that guy. No. Okay. The guy that, like, if you break your finger, I'll, like, put the finger... Like, if you pop your shoulder, I'll pop Oh, so, like, you get dislocated. Yeah. Oh, so you so want to be trainer. the guy that doesn't actually break the bone. You want to yeah. be the guy that... Puts it... Puts it back together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay that makes sense. I don't know what kind of doctor. That no. is. I don't either. That's the one that Italian? sits on it the. It is a thing, though. It is a thing. Yeah. yeah. They're they're on the NFL yeah. sidelines making a lot of money, and they're yeah. just bone setters. See. Look there you that. go. All right. Okay. Bone setters. 
Well, that, of course, was brought to you by Elderberry Boost. You can visit elderberry-boost.com to get your updated uh, elderberry items. They have syrup. They have gummies. They got teas. Everything you need right there, ready to go. All right. Now, Mike, as always, we have our whiskey tasting during the commercials to see if our selected whiskey pick of the day gets zero, one, or two thumbs up at the end of the show. You're going to want to make sure you listen all the way through to see what we have now. Interesting facts on Mark's mumbles. So he talks about the whiskey. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to make sure because there's going to be a, a little bit of a thing that will make you go, hmm, in today's show with that information yeah. he has. All right. Now on to our first segment, bringing you the top technology stories everyone will be talking about. For weeks to come, these factual stories are ripped from the technology news headlines. Let's get ready to start. What's happening in the world of technology? This is our top stories in the first five minutes. All right. Story number one. Jack Dorsey says the Twitter board has always been dysfunction of the company. Quotes. Dysfunction of the company. We have an audio from our NBC partners that kind of explains this. Let's get right to that. We continue to watch Twitter. That's after former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, he tweeted over the weekend, uh, uh, speaking out against the company's board. Um, And this was interesting here. He was sort of in dialogue. It was in a series of Twitter replies. And Dorsey said that Twitter's board has, quote, consistently been the dysfunction of the company. Um, The hell is he talking about? He's on the board. Well, somebody said, are you allowed to say that? And he said, no. (laughs) This implies that he pushed for changes that he was not allowed to enact. I I don't know. With Elon Musk, I still don't know what he's going to do with the company. He's going to make us all pay for it in a subscription model, Julie. I guess. I'll pay 10 bucks a month for Twitter. How do you know that he's going to do that? I don't know. All right, let me go read this. Exactly. All All right. right. (laughs) All right. All right. So here's what we got. We got Jack Dorsey, Mm -hmm. co-founder of Twitter. Right, I mean, he's right. the, had the original tweet that sold for millions of dollars. Um, <laughs> essentially, he has come on out. He is on the board of Twitter. Yes, and he's come on out saying that it is a dysfunction of the company. Yes, and essentially, uh, he got slammed. Is he allowed to say that? He said literally in Twitter, "No, he wasn't allowed to say that, but he wanted to say it anyways." So, what do we have here? Essentially, we have Elon Musk who publicly stated his goal is for the company to be a free speech freedom platform, and he wants to buy Twitter. He wants to buy it out, all the shares, he gave the shareholders, and he would run the company itself. Right. Jack Dorsey was resi- he resigned as the CEO of Twitter last November, and now he is helping Elon Musk's push to overtake the current board of directors for Twitter. Okay. All right. So... <laughs> So what what is going on with Twitter and Elon Musk? Uh, well, it sounds like Elon is just, you know, doing Elon stuff. And who knows? Who, who, knows? Knows, who knows what's going on behind the scenes there? Well, I, so Musk did. I, I know I know that they're trying to maneuver everything so that he cannot. They did a poison take, pill. Yes. So they created a poison pill, which is essentially for a company. It means that if Elon Musk would have more than 15 shares of stock, the existing board members would be able to buy shares at a huge discounted rate, which would then essentially have all the money that Elon Musk paid for the stock, uh, making it almost non-essential right. in the price points, not even valid. So it's called a poison pill. Companies do that to make sure you don't get a yeah, hostile they're, takeover. They're, yeah, they're trying to avoid getting a hostile takeover. Musk, or, I don't know. Well, maybe it is hostile because Elon's always talking about how bad Twitter is. So. <laughs> he does. so Elon Musk tweeted that, 
if he bought Twitter, the board members would receive a zero dollar salary if he took over and was successful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so he's kind of threatening so, the board. Yeah. He's like, okay, listen, if you guys aren't going to work with me, as soon as I get in and I buy it, you guys are all done. You can either work for free or I'll replace you. Okay. We'll all right. We'll see what happens, huh? I, I, this is a continuing saga. Will Twitter become Elon Musk's uh, I, 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 you, platform? Well, they're certainly making sure, they're trying to make sure he doesn't. He doesn't. And I don't know. I don't know if Jack Dorsey is... Is, is kind of funding just, it in the back? I mean, just, it could be an I, interesting I, thing I to get yeah, the what, other what on the side. What is he up to? I don't know. I, he could be retired, but he decided to complain about the board also. Maybe I should maybe I should use Twitter more, so I care. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, you're up for story number two, there, Mike. Yeah. Hey, uh, do you know what happened on April the twenty fifth, nineteen ninety? Not a clue. The Hubble Space Telescope was deployed. Oh wow, it's I been, remember that. It's been thirty two years. Thirty two years of that thing. I remember when it was released. It was like, oh, this is gonna this is gonna be great. And then like months later, it was like, oh, it's all broken. Uh, yeah, but you know that that really didn't. It exactly happened that way. In that, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So you know, because over the past over the past few decades, thirty two years. That's a long time. I feel old. <laughs> you are. Uh, old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Hubble telescope has been very busy uh, with observations of around fifty thousand celestial targets. That's a lot, including comets, galaxies, nebula, okay. planets, stars. All this stuff is going on. So every time, every time uh, we're coming up on his birthday here this week, okay, uh, they they have a release of of some marked picture that Hubble has taken a picture of, and this year it's going to be a group of galaxies that are clustered together called HCG forty. Oh wow! Okay, which is uh, means Hickson Compact Group. Okay, uh, they will be. There's five of these galaxies all in a cluster. In fact, they're they're so close together that the whole group is less than twice the diameter of our galaxy, the Milky Way. Okay, okay. So it includes an elliptical galaxy, three spiral galaxies, and one that's called a lenticular or lens-like galaxy. And that is what the release picture, their picture release for the Hubble's 32nd birthday is going to be. All right. A gaggle of galaxies. Okay. Is there one of those that is a galaxy far, far away? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Was that a slam dunk, a galaxy far, yeah, far away? Not, Luke, Luke Skywalker's out all. there. Obi-Wan is coming on back, right, with the series coming out yep. here on Disney+. Plus. All right. There plus, you go. plus, plus, plus. All right. Story number three. Web scraping is legal. U.S. appeal court reaffirms that. Good news for archivists, academy researchers, and journalists for Archivist. scraping- Archivists, what did I say? Archivists. Archivists. Oh, sorry, archivists. <laughs> Academics, research, journalists, anybody that wants to scrape a public access data is now legal, according to the U.S. Appeal Court ruling. What is data scraping? Data scraping is commonly done when you go to a website in the process of using an application to extract valuable information from that site. So taking data like email, phone numbers, and addresses from a public website and then using that data for another purpose and making money off of it. The landmark ruling in the U.S. Ninth Circuit of Appeals this week is the latest in a long-running legal battle brought by LinkedIn, aiming to stop a rival company from scraping personal information from users' public profiles. 
The case reached the U.S. Supreme Court last year, but was sent back to the Ninth Circuit for the original appeals court to review the case. In its second ruling on Monday, the Ninth Circuit reaffirmed its original decision and found that scraping data that is publicly accessible on the Internet is not a violation of Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, which governs the constitution of computers hacking under the United States law. So there you go. So you can legally scrape a website. You could do that a long time ago, and that's what people did. Yeah, I mean, legally, but reselling that information. So you can resell that information. So any information you collect on a public-dated site that makes it easier for you to access that information, you can sell it. But that's like, that's kind of like reselling Sesame Street. Well, you know, Sesame Street isn't on the, well, is, is it on the, Sesame Street's on We're talking about a public PBS. Ass, we're, yeah, it's we're a talking PBS about a show. public ass, access show, right? It's now owned by Showtime, but okay, yeah. That's, yeah, it's now owned by Showtime, <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's kind of like the same thing. It's like, if it's something that is on PBS, I can take it off of PBS and sell it to somebody else. Well, I don't know if it's the same thing, because this is electronic information. Right, so this is available. So is Sesame Street. Well, <laughs> or is it film or is it electronic data? It it comes to my TV, which is an electronic format. So you must really like Sesame Street, don't you? <laughs> you got it running on your background at home. Is that what yeah, you? A little, the, a little, yeah, a little PBS. Oscar the Grouch. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite character? Oscar the Grouch is my favorite. <laughs> you want to hear? You want to start hearing it? Just <laughs> no, I, that's, me. That's what I figured. All right, <laughs> Mike. Our time is up. We got through the top stories of the week. If you want to learn more about this, please visit us online at www.techtimeradio.com and click on our episode section or blog to get even more details on the stories and features we just talked about. Now it's time to get ready for our whiskey tasting and during the break. But up next, we have James Riddle joining the show for the Ask the Expert segment. What science facts will you learn today from our technology medical expert? Make sure you join us after the break. You're listening to Tech Time Radio with Mike, Odie, and myself. See you in a bit. Hey, Mike. What? Have you heard of Elderberry? Only in reference to a Monty Python movie. Well, let me tell you, Elderberry Boost. Again, that's elderberry-boost.com. Elderberry Boost. Yes, Mike, that's Elderberry Boost. You can choose Organic Elderberry Boost, that 8-ounce size. It's available on sale right now at eleven ninety nine. But you're listening here right now on Tech Time Radio, so you need to go to Elderberry, that's E-L-D-E-R-B-E-R-R-Y-Boost.com and get some today. Elderberry Boost. Elderberry is an all-natural organic immune system booster and antiviral. Elderberry is known to actively fight against viruses, including colds and the flu. It also works as a natural remedy for allergies, cancer, digestion, heart disease, high cholesterol, headache, toothache, weight loss, and reduced inflammation. It's a natural and healthy diuretic and has many antiviral properties. While it is famous for fighting the flu, it is effective for any illness. Elderberry Boost was created to provide a quality organic elderberry to their customers. After searching years ago for a perfect elderberry syrup, none could be found, so they essentially created their own homemade recipe. If you would like to get 15% off your first order of Elderberry Boost, just put in the discount code TECHTIME at checkout. Again, that's elderberry-boost.com. Elderberry Boost. Hey, Mike. Yeah, what's up? Are you ready to launch your new career in coding? Treehouse has one of the best and most affordable online classrooms for you. At Treehouse, we've rethought the learning process and built a proven system to get you the skills and knowledge you need to achieve your goals. When you're done with the course, you haven't just watched a video. You've learned, practiced, and absorbed the key concepts. Choose to build a portfolio, create a network, and land your dream job with the boot camp style tech degree program. Land a dev job this year 
Treehouse. TeamTreehouse.com. Learn to code, design, and more. All on your own time. Enroll today. Classes range anywhere from two months to nine months for completion. Whatever your goal is, we'll get you there. Start your seven-day free trial today by visiting TeamTreehouse.com. Again, that's Team, T-E-A-M, Treehouse, T-R-E-E-H-O-U-S-E.com. And make sure to tell them Nathan sent you. Welcome back to Tech Time with Nathan Mum. Uh, Tech Time is a weekly hourly technology show that talks about current technology in a simple format without having to geek out. Brought to you by myself, Nathan Mum, and Mike Roday. Hey, you know what? What's that? As a Sesame Street expert, okay, you were wrong. I was wrong on? You were wrong. It's HBO, not Showtime. Oh, HBO owns the yeah. Sesame Street? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you very much, Seth. Uh, well, you know what? From I won't here tell on you out- where I actually got that information. Right. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, we just had our first whiskey tasting, our whiskey review during the break. And now it's time for me to tell you about what we are sipping in our pick of the day during the show. We have chosen the Larceny Barrel Proof C921. It's 122.6 proof, 60 plus dollars. Actually, that's, that's even lot. more now mm-hmm. because it's a limited edition and most of it's ran out. So 60 mm-hmm. plus dollars. Uh, the Larceny Barrel Proof offers a new opportunity to experience the acclaimed wheat bourbon mash bill in its purest form, non-chilled filtered, and bottled at a full barrel proof. Released three times per year in January, May, and September. This batch was released, though, that we're tasting, September 2021. But it offers a bold yet balanced special small batch bourbon rich with taste, depth, and the Larceny Barrel Proof is a welcome reminder of just how good weeding bourbons could be. It's produced by Heaven Hill. Uh, this distillery is Heaven Hill, Boardstown, Kentucky, USA. Straight bourbon. Estimated range anywhere from six to eight years old. And again, this is a mash bill, 68%, corn, 20%, wheat, 12%, malt, barley, uh, very little percentage. So there you go. Okay. All right. What did you think of your first taste? So far, so good. So far, so good? It's really rich. Uh, did you taste the oak brown sugar or the almond vanilla or the yeah, I tasted baking all. spice? All of it. How about the baking honey vanilla spice. oak aroma or the warm and medium and long to length cinnamon, almond, and mint hint at the end of your thing? Yeah, all of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, me too. Oh, it just tasted good. It tasted good. All yeah. right. Well, that's great. So make sure you stay tuned. At the next major break, we will have Mark's Mumbles, where we'll find out a lot of information about this. All whiskey. right. I just, you know what? If it tastes good, we give it a thumbs up. If it doesn't, right. we give it a thumbs down. And if you give it a thumbs down and well, it doesn't and, mean and that I don't like it, it then, then you get talked about at the production meeting. So, that's, all right. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> okay. But I, I just want to, I just want to, you know. <laughs> just be, if I give it a thumbs down, that doesn't mean that I don't not like it. Okay, you don't it not just, like it. It just means that compared to other whiskeys, if you don't not this, like it, this might, that mean? this so might like be it? one that I won't put in my okay. my bar. All right, there you go. All right, we're, we're now bringing up James Riddle, the vice president of research service and strategic consulting at Advera, to join us on our next segment. Let's get ready for that. Welcome to the segment we call Ask the Experts with our Tech Time Radio expert, James Riddle. All right. James is joining us from, I believe, Arizona. Is that correct, James? That is correct. It's uh, nice and sunny here. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'll just tell you it's nice and sunny it's, here today, too. It's sunny too. here today, too. I know. So this is a beautiful yeah. one. You know, so I got a question. We should talk about this in your 
and your mesmerizing what? moment. Why do people get depressed when it's gray out, and why do people get happy when it's sunny out? Oh, because it sucks. Well, hang on. You gotta, okay. You're going to have to think about it. Don't, don't, don't just say that real quick. The gray clouds are not, they're, they're not nearly as nice to look at as the blue sky. That's right. Okay. <laughs> hey, James, welcome to the show. You know, it's been a while since we have you on the show. Uh, we're glad to have you on back. We are slowly and creeping up to our 100th episode, which is going to be very right. interesting. So we're going to have... Hey, congratulations, guys. That's uh, quite the accomplishment. Well, thank hey, you very I also much. have noticed that the descriptions of the whiskey have gotten more complicated as the shows have gone on, too. They have. That was quite the description. A little hint of mint at the end. Yeah. That's, uh, you got to have a pretty good taster to, to get that. Yeah, that's why Mark uh, Gregoire does the tasting. So he's he's the expert. He, he joins our production shows, and, and he loves the whiskey aspect of this, and, and he can't wait. He's in the process of moving into the Pacific Northwest area of then being our kind of liaison to go out to all these whiskey companies and ask for sampling. He yeah. is like so excited. I say, yeah, go yeah, for it. All, right. all those words Nathan wouldn't have put on there. Actually, those, those are three-syllable words. Those are tough <laughs> ones. All right, today, today we're going to be talking about brain and space. All right, so... Space brain. Space brain. So it's very interesting. An article that was been uh, shopped around a little bit on the internet regarding some scientific studies, but we are bringing in our expert here to help us understand, because I was reading through the article and I got lost myself. So, of course, I turned to my buddy James and he's like, mm-hmm. I- I'm all over this. I can take care all of right. this. All right. So here's what we got. To settle in Mars, we have to make sure that the human brain is able to withstand the environment that is a different atmosphere other than Earth. That's and, right. And this has been a big debate about what happens to your gray matter when you're in space itself. So four brave humans are now ascending into the space station. They're going to be there for 10 days at the International Space Station, and they call it home as a part of the Axiom-1 mission, a trailblazing endeavor to bring the first ever all-private crew into the space-borne laboratory. The astronauts' brains will be firing away, keeping them clear and sharp-minded for the expedition. Once they exit the Earth's atmosphere, their crucial organs will have to be continuously tolling in what is called microgravity, which is also known to alter and been proven to alter brain tissue. So there's two enormous mysteries for mankind. One is space, and the other is the human mind. If we want to take and set up space bases, inhabit Mars, and be able to work in space, we're going to have to understand how our brain specifically is involved. Not just our brain. That's our whole organs itself, but the brain is kind of the study that they're spending on right now because mm-hmm. it doesn't do any good to have your heart still work if you're going out there and you become a vegetable. That probably doesn't make anything I don't, going, I don't right? think that's what... And, and, and you can't do the, the, the Mars deals where you have like uh, all these famous actors like deserted in Mars and they seem to be living with just a little helmet on. That doesn't quite fit the actual uh, billing of what happens. So first off, James, what is brain mapping for us non-experts? Explain that to us. All right. All right. So... First of all, this is this is super cool stuff. I mean, when you talk about research technology and research into the brain, figuring out how the brain electronical pieces work is really super cool. And I think it, we've known that the brain gives off electrical uh, impulses for a long time, right? You can you watch TV shows, you hear people talking about functional MRIs, you see the little brain scans on the TV shows where People like, oh, this person's really liking the color red because this portion of their brain is lit up on the scan or whatever. Uh, well, you know, we've known that for a long time. And we've also had a bit of research now into how to map the different electrical signals, signals in the brain 
to be able to detect certain conditions like PTSD or ADHD or other kinds of neurological kinds of disorders using uh, this this technology called an electroencephalogram. I can't even pronounce the darn thing. It's an <laughs> Electro, electroencephalogram. Yeah, so just encephalo and then electro and gram at the end. There we go. But it measures the electrical impulses in your brain and it allows doctors and researchers to kind of understand which parts of your brain light up under different stimuli, how different people's brains might work other than different than other people's brains. But the challenge with this thing is that there are, it's a big old Herkin piece of equipment and you have to have some pretty specialized training in order to tune it in correctly. Mm-hmm. And so when I was reading through this article, you know, it, it's pretty impossible to take an EEG machine up on Elon Musk's rocket up to the space shuttle or up to the space station. It's too big. So this the organization over in Israel uh, has developed something that's equivalent that's in this really super cool helmet. It looks like a like a something out of a old fashioned military. Uh, show or maybe something out of the Roman Empire, right? I mean, you put this thing on, it's got this little spike that runs down the center. And basically what it is, it's a mobile EEG. And it will record the electrical impulses and the electrical circuitry with inside the astronaut's brain. So we can measure it as they go out into space and get into microgravity. All right. So let's, so let's right there, microgravity, right? So there's been studies, specifically astronaut Scott Kelly, you know, he grew two inches while he was in space compared to his twin brother that was down here on Earth. Yeah, that's because he wasn't under the effect of gravity. Of so gravity. his spine just relaxed. It relaxed, and so it allowed him to grow a little bit. So explain to me a little bit then, what is microgravity? Yeah, so, I mean, if you think about when you develop as a, it, you're born, you're, you grow, your cells are replicating, your organs are growing, all of that is affected by gravity. And- We've, of you know, our bodies have certain mechanisms in there that to compensate for Earth's gravity. Something as simple as a capillary in your blood vessel to prevent blood from flowing down to your feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to experience that, just stand on your head, right? And all the blood rushes to your head because the capillaries aren't designed to hold the blood the other direction. You know, they're trying to hold it the other direction. Okay. So you get out into space, and now you're in now you're in zero gravity or microgravity or a different kind of gravity. So think. We're going to talk about Mars in just a minute. It's a different level of gravity. Uh, moon, same thing. And so humans have been de- are designed to work in Earth's gravity. So you put them into space and weird stuff happens, like they grow. Or their organs don't work quite right because the gravity isn't holding them in the same direction. Or they get vertigo because the stuff in your ears that's designed to keep you level when you're here on the ground you go into space and that stuff's floating around in your head and all of a sudden you get vertigo all the time, uh, which is something that astronauts have to train for pretty extensively before they go up there. And so the brain's no exception. I mean, it's an organ in the body, just like every other organ. It's a pretty specialized organ. And up until now, with this new uh, brain measuring technology, we haven't really been able to study the impacts of weightlessness on brain function. Does it change you over time? If we send people to Mars, are they going to go crazy? Right? Or are they going to have altered brain function? Or maybe the blood doesn't flow quite in the same way, and we just need to be able to detect how those changes are going to work. Or even for long-term missions, you may want to take one of these brain scans periodically just to make sure that you haven't had very many changes past baseline, that you aren't developing some kind of 
uh, condition or something along those lines. And you think about like Star Trek, right? They get the little wavy thing that they put over your head, the tricorder or whatever, and it'll tell Spock or McCoy what's going on. We don't have that yet, but you know, maybe we will in the not too distant future. All right, so let's this talk about Star Trek, Trek okay? So if I go to a planet, <laughs> hang on, hang on. See, James just that was oh, a no. perfect, that was a perfect volleyball. Line. Okay, so I, I'm no, Kirk. No, I'm, I'm Kirk, and all of a sudden I go Trek. into the transporter no, room. I get transported down to a different planet. Uh huh. All right. And so if I'm on a different planet, then really my brain and everything shouldn't be the same uh, reasoning or the same areas you would have on Earth. So are you telling me all those original Star Trek episodes are fake? Really? Well, now, now I'm really concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so when they went to different planets, yeah, they're not they, didn't, like, you they know, didn't have... Did you see the movie Galaxy Quest? I did see the movie Galaxy okay, Quest. Okay, so these are not these are not historical the, documents. Oh, the, right? These, <laughs> these, are, are these are actors. Okay, okay, okay. All yeah. right, all right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, the, I think one of our biggest Picard's issues... No. Oh, no. no. Okay, one of our see. biggest issues with with the advent of science fiction is that we take humans and we place them in these environments where we don't actually know... and. We found out through actual space travel that, you know, uh, being up in, in a weightless environment reduces bone density. It creates mm-hmm. problems with your kidneys. It, there's all Digestion, kinds of stuff. Stability, every, all kinds of different things we've found out over the years, particularly since, since we first started having the space stations up there. It was really when Mir was up and people were in extended periods of weightlessness that we were able to do research on the impacts of the human body. And the brain is one of the few places that we haven't been able to measure because we haven't really had effective portable tools uh, to take the measurement technology with us to be able to monitor what's going on. So this is super exciting. I mean, if if we can map out challenges in the brain function, in gravity, we'll have completed yet another piece of the puzzle, which will let us go on longer term missions to different gravity environments. So, so that kind of, that brings up uh, a serious question, not a Star Trek question, but um, it's fiction. So are we going to have to develop uh, if I'm thinking about, so let's say I'm going to live in Mars, then we would probably are going to have to develop either a machine that helps regulate our blood pressure, our brain, our, our processes, or we're going to have to figure out a way to have, gravity of a fake sense of gravity that kind of mimics the earth's atmosphere for us to be able to function correctly. That that's pretty well, much what I'm getting yeah, at. Right? You have to, you have to look at that from, from every aspect. That's if you look at even just like um, the movie that comes to mind is 2001 space odyssey. Yeah. Where they have the revolving thing in the ship. That's, that's to simulate gravity. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's not unusual. Not, wouldn't be out of the question to have a a space uh, vehicle or some kind of base that would have a simulated gravity. Or because if it doesn't, you've got two problems. One, if you stay out there long enough, you start to lose, lose bone density. All the things we already know about, and probably a whole bunch of stuff we don't know about yet. Uh, but then you also have the challenge of if we do get into Elon Musk world 15, yeah. 20 years from now, where there's a Mars base. Well, what happens if what happens if you're born out there, and now you're now you've grown up in a Martian environment with that level of gravity? You come back here to Earth, and suddenly everything, all the organs in your body are sinking into your feet mm-hmm. because it didn't develop the appropriate structures to handle the gravity environment that's here on Earth. Right? It's it's a really complex problem that uh, Star Trek seemed to skip over. So 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 let me okay. 
So now I got an, another question. Uh, for, okay, here it uh, comes. Uh, for James. So then we always see these movies where these aliens come to Earth, right? So if they've been in these other planets and you come to Earth and all of a sudden we have this gravity, then really in these movies to, to, give, to give a accurate uh, portrait of what's happening, when they land here on Earth, that should be like a, a shock to their body. It should be a completely different atmosphere that they're not even used to working that's, in. That's why they wear biotechnical armor. Well, not all of them. I mean, there's a bunch of sci-fi movies where they just like poor ET, right? Poor ET comes on down. We don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, th- that could have been like destroying him as he's walking well, around here. Yeah, we could always yeah, theorize he, he that. Had, Nathan, he had the Reese's pieces to reset <laughs> his equilibrium. That's right. That's true. That's true. He, we that's could true. also argue that his small, compact body size meant he came from a planet that had a greater gravity than Earth does. Okay, because that's why he was smaller. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> But that, but that is, but that's really that's scientifically proven though that it, if the atmospheres are different that there there's going to well, yeah, be something I mean, there. Mars. What we don't, I don't think that we really realize this, but Mars is smaller than the Earth, so, so Mars has less of a a gravity impact than Earth does on on people. So if we took people, like I, I wonder if the expanse talks about this with the tv show yeah because that's one that's one of those tv shows that they tried to stay true to physics and science but uh yeah the 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 piece of the 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 moral of this particular story is that the human brain is a really complex place and we even you know here on earth we still don't understand how a lot of it works no but we're getting closer right a lot of really really good research into using non-invasive procedures to measure the brain and brain function to figure out what's wrong with people and also start to develop therapeutics for folks where you can do the reverse. You can use electrical stimulation into the brain to try and impact or change certain behaviors, uh, certain physical characteristics, or certain disease conditions. There's a lot of research going on into that area because you might be able to fix somebody not with a drug or a device, but just with changing the electrical currents in their brain. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, and this is something, this is another after effect of doing research in outer space is that they're coming up with these different therapies mm-hmm. based on what happens in outer space. That makes sense. James, last question for you. In the next 100 years, are we going to have people living in outer space then? Let me ask you that. Oh, absolutely. A uh, hundred years? Uh, the next hundred years. Hundred years. Yeah, in the next hundred years, definitely there will be uh, more likely than not, in my opinion, colonies on nearby planets. Okay, and yeah. Elon Musk is going to have a an elevator to get to all those places, and 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 then Bezos and then Bezos will be jealous. He needs. Oh, that's right. The Bezos will be right behind him, and then you'll just have they'll, like they'll yeah. forget Disneyland or well, Jurassic Park World. You just go right to space. So we're, well, we we already talked about how how Wally has predicted all this stuff, even. Is. Even the name of this this thing is called the Axiom, which is on the right. the Wally spaceship. That's right. That's right. There you now go. All we need needs is a bunch of morbidly obese people traveling around on little chairs, and <laughs> everything will be perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, James, thank you very much for joining the show. We always love having you on. We'll look forward to having you on again in a couple of weeks. Coming on up. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a great day. Bye, James. All right. Well, James, that was pretty interesting stuff. It's amazing what science and technology is working on. <laughs> yeah, you know that? You just can't resist bringing your Star Trek in. <laughs> he brought it in first. So let me just tell you that. All right. Well, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come on back, we are going to be jumping right into our This Week in Technology. See you mm-hmm. after that.
Hello, my name is Arthur, and my life's work is connecting people with coffee. Story Coffee is a small batch specialty coffee company that uses technology to connect people to each product resource, which allows farmers to unlock their economic freedom. Try our medium roast founder series coffee, which is an exotic bourbon variety that is smooth, fresh, and elegant at storycoffee.com. That's S-T-O-R-I coffee.com. Today, you can get your first bag free when you subscribe at storycoffee.com with code TECHTIME. That's S-T-O-R-I coffee.com. And now, let's look back at this week in technology. All right, we're headed all the way back to April 20th, 1998. Windows 98, is it plug and play or is it plug and pray? Oh. During the Comdex Spring 98 and Windows World show in Chicago, a public demonstration of the soon-to-be-released Windows 98 goes awry when Bill Gates accidentally causes the operating system to crash after plugging in a scanner. Instead of showing the plug-and-play capabilities that were trying to be demonstrated, a blue screen of death is visible to the entire audience, which immediately erupts into laughter. After several seconds, Bill Gates famously responds with, that must be why we are not shipping Windows 98 yet. <laughs> nice. Ironically, his assistant Chris had moved up the ranks as an executive at Microsoft, was also there being the individual to plug in the scanner itself. During the Comdex event, Mr. Gates was attempting to demonstrate its support of the new hardware technology, the Universal Serial Bus. It proved out that its feature known as Plug and Play did not work, and it's now always been considered the plug and pray that happens when you were first introduced to Windows 95 and Windows 98. You remember those days in Windows 95 and 98? Absolutely. You plugged it in, and you were hoping that the drivers were available on the CD that it came with. Otherwise, you were in dead shape. You'd have to go to the internet, you'd have to download them, and it would be hours to get your device taken care yeah, of. Yeah, because I was on a dial-up dial-up modem. Correct, to download all those stuff. So 4,400 baud. Oh, what a, what a frustrational time. All right, Windows 98 did prove to support new kinds of computer hardwares and the designs that were presented from the internet and data to the user's computer in a consistent way. We're just down to the last debugging, getting feedback from customers, and I think we'll be ready to go out the door very soon, Bill said. The BBC reported that Bill Gates switched to a backup machine and continued his demonstration of the product's key features. Well, well, see, that's very important as a technologist that has worked with some high net worth individuals. If you're doing a large presentation, you should always have a backup PC. Yeah. I would, if, I would assume. Because if you don't, and all of a sudden you decide to move from a compact to a Dell computer for a presentation, you could get yourself in trouble, couldn't you? You could. Okay, there you go. All right. Well, that was our This Week in Technology. Have you ever wanted to watch some Tech Time history? With over two years of video, you can visit techtimeradio.com to watch our older shows or sign up for our newsletter and subscribe to the best technical information or be part of our Tech Timers Facebook group. Just go and take a look at Facebook and type in Tech Timers and join us and talk with us live anytime. We're going to take a commercial break. When we return, we have our letters segment ready to go. Hey, Mike, did you know that Unidragon puzzles are a great relaxation? Yes, I did. The 21st century widespread digitalization pushes people to have gadget-free rest. In this case, puzzles become a convenient and actual way of having rest. Yeah, they're a great way to relax. 
to give your brain a reboot is make sure that you visit unidragon.com with the discount code for 10% off with the code TIME10. That's T-I-M-E, the number 10, for all of our Tech Time fans across the nation. Do you know that puzzles are relatively simple tools that solve a complex range of problems? In game form, we learn useful, analytical, and communicative skills that will find the application in work, study, and other spheres of life. Yeah, they are great forms of relaxation and revitalization. Do you know that Unidragon's collections now have dinosaurs? Oh, that's my that's that's one of my favorite things. You got to make sure you keep the promo code. It's time 10 because all of our audience across the nation can use time 10 to receive a 10% discount at Unidragon. That's Unidragon.com. Don't be fooled by other imitation puzzle makers. Visit Unidragon.com. The only spot for your true thinking puzzles all right welcome back to tech time with nathan mom i'm your host and technology expert uh we have our human solutions extraordinary or my lie to me expert i call him micro day here on the my side that helps us keep everything on the level for the common everyday person we're a technology show that will make you go mm. Mm. how's that whiskey tasting mike mm. is it tasting mm? Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, guess what? We are now going to go into our segment so we'll learn a little bit more about our whiskey. And now for Mark's Mumbles! Brought to us by Story Coffee. Visit storycoffee.com. All right. The Larceny line of bourbon is the modern heir of the historic wheat mash bill known behind the scenes at a distillery as OFD, which is for old Fitzgerald distillate. The recipe bears the name of bourbon legend, Johnny Fitzgerald and his vaunted old Fitzgerald brand, which was sold to famous whiskey man, Pappy Van Winkle before being produced by heaven Hill. Today, the Fitzgerald name and its reputation is enormous. Weeded bourbons have gained popularity among the consumers in recent years. Heaven Hill's proprietary mash bill has twice as much sweet as other distilleries, producing even more of the soft and round flavors beloved in the style. The batch is not only the best one yet to be released by Larceny, it has been one of Mark's most favorite wheat bourbons, let alone one of his top bourbons on his shelf at home. Mm. All right. So now okay. is it still going to be a – are you tasting now any of the uh, warm and medium-length uh, cinnamon and almond tastes? Sure. Okay. All right. There you go. I, I can tell you that the aftertaste is really good. The aftertaste is really good. I'm really enjoying it. It has that aftertaste. brown sugar, that uh, almond vanilla taste. Exactly. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's get ready to start our next segment. What's our next segment? Uh, you're going to love it. Okay. We get All right, Mike, welcome to our informative emails that I received during the week. This includes scam phishing emails and all out mistruth disguised as legitimate emails in our favorite segment we call letters. All right, so here's we got a couple to go for. I'm going to let you start first because you got some of the killer ones here. Oh. We found some brand new ones. So these are new that we haven't really talked 
about before on the air, so I want you to start your, start it out. Okay, well, we're going to start off with a home-based job for U.S. citizen only. Oh, okay. Yeah, for just Ooh. one citizen. Just for one no, citizen. not just citizen. Okay. Just one citizen. Okay. And that's an open role for Nathan, sent by Amy Baca at NuelloChing55 at Yahoo.com. Oh, sounds like a reputable company. Yeah, that sounds reputable. Okay. Hello, Nathan. Home-based job for U.S. citizen only. I am an HR representative. Found your profile via employment agency. I'm thinking so, uh, grammar is not her first. <laughs> her is not her first calling. First calling. And I'm not on any employment agency, so that's right. kind of a little bit of a red flag. In- interestingly enough, they didn't name the in- employment agency. Nope. Uh, we search for a commodity package handler for a part-time position with our company. Job responsibilities include review of contents of the packages that will be delivered to your home or office address. You will also need to write a product review on our dashboard and then ship the product to the destination point. So according to what I'm I'm understanding is that they're going to package a package something that somebody buys off the internet. They're going to send it to you. You're going to open up that package, take it out, dink around with it, write a product review, put it back in the package and then send it to the customer. That's correct. Okay. That is exactly what they're doing. No special training is required. <laughs> To work on this position. Because it's illegal. You just need... <laughs> that always, okay. Keep, keep you it. just need to be... I love this. You just yeah. need to be a careful, zealous, and reliable person. Oh, I, I got the Are zealous. Are you a zealot? I'm, I'm a zealot. I'm okay. a zealot. I got that part. Monthly pay range will be in the range of 4000 to 5000 USD. So glad they put it that there. Okay. I know. If you're interested in this vacancy, please inform me about that in your response, and I will send you detailed information. All right. E. So it's like it's just an E there. So absolutely, absolutely scam. Essentially, what they want you to do is they're going to send over product that people buy. Then they're going to have you ship it to that person as your home-based company at Nathan Incorporated. So and you're a it, distribu- distribution company? Is that what they want That's to do? what they want us to do because they can't legally sell the stuff that they want to in this. So it doesn't tell you what they're actually selling as a product. Normally, it's illegal drugs. Normally, it's illegal and uh, other items that they're going to huh. send to you hmm. to, to then distribute it. And then that way, you're liable for distributing the illegal yeah, stuff. Yeah, there you go. Things to make you go, hmm. All right. Let's go, let's go to your next one. Let's go to your next. You, you got all three of the good ones. So let's keep on going here. All right. I'll, I'll go with the blockchain.com exchange. Okay. Which the email address is notify at exchange-tx.blockchain.com. Verification code to change email. Your request to change emails. Okay, so I, first of all, it's to change emails, not email, right? So it's emails. Right, it's emails. I, incorrectly. Now, I don't have anything on this blockchain.com exchange. Blockchain, blockchain.com exchange does not even exist in the world. Really? No, no nope. way. So, yep. In order to change your email address, please enter the following code on the confirmation screen under your new email address. G2QFU. Oh, uh, there, there's the <laughs> FU is the... the <laughs> Real code. So, so 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 go to the next page. So essentially, you click on the enter code. Yeah. And then what it does is it doesn't allow you to enter a code, but it takes you to a fake website that has a chat in the bottom right hand corner. And then the chat pops up and says, "How can we help you? We see that you're having a problem changing your password." 
If you can log into Facebook or if you can log into Google here, you can automatically fix it or you can stay online and chat with the person that comes online. And what they will do is they'll ask you for your social security number. They'll ask you for your address. How, how far along they, did you get in? I went this? for about five minutes. And okay. then all of a sudden the guy cut me off realizing that I wasn't going to do anything. But it's that automated slash real person in the chat that comes on in to grab your information when you're thinking you're changing a password that was sent to you. So it's very convoluted. It's got a, a lot of aspects there that if you're not paying attention to, you could get trapped into. So was it was it pretty sophisticated? It was. So, so, it, so it knew would, my name. So it knew my name. Uh-huh. So by the link in there, it probably had my name, a link to associated that they sent it out to. And it did a great job with that. All right, do one more because then we're going to have to move to Mike's mesmerizing moment. You got you got one more there. I got one more here. Let's yeah. see. Ramp support at ramp dot plus, and it's well, it's a graphic. It says so we need to make sure you get paid. That's that's important. So so let me just tell you about this. So they send you a link. They say we want to make sure you're getting paid for your service. I've never signed up for Ramp. You click on it, and what's the first thing they ask for? Well, we want to help you deposit your money into your bank account. Please send us <laughs> your routing number, your bank account number, and your name so we can route you money. Yeah. Which okay. really they're going to then they're use that to take, take money, your out, money of out of your thing. So All right. This is, this is to get your money information. The last one was to get your uh, – uh, all your Log information credentials yep. for websites. And, and the first one is to sell illegal drugs. Illegal drugs. All right. Okay. Let's awesome. Let's move right now into uh Mike's mesmerizing moment. And Mike, you're you're up. This is Mike's Mesmerizing Moment. Presented by Story Coffee. Visit storycoffee.com. What were you talking about earlier? Well, you wanted well, to know why weather. the weather affects, affects your moods? Yes. Well, who knows, right? Okay. But still, we're still trying to, st- but s- there's a thing called SAD, okay. which is called Seasonal Affective Disorder. Okay. And that is very prevalent here in the Pacific Northwest because we have extensive days without sun. And one of the, one of the reasons for that is that when we don't have sunlight, uh, it's possible that we're having a decrease in serotonin production in our brains, which creates a a a non pleasurable feelings throughout the day. So we we have a more depressed state, and so when the sun comes out, uh, it increases that production. We also there may be a link to uh, when you're when you have sun, you have pr- uh, production of vitamin D in your skin, okay, which uh, can is somehow linked to serotonin. So there's there's theories that the lack of sunlight in gloomy types of weather systems actually creates a la- uh, less production of serotonin in your brain. Okay. Which creates depression. Which is why people move to California in, in, sure. s- in sunny areas until they, until they realize that then everything is too sunny, and then they move back to the Pacific Northwest because it's. A I'm not day. sure. I'm not sure about that, but hey, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're going to have to move into our pick of the day here. So we have our Larceny Barrel Proof C921. Mr. Gorday, what do, what do you think about all this? Uh, you know, I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. You're going to give it a thumbs up? Yep, because you know, it has a really good lasting taste after this. 
All right, Odie, what did you think? You had a chance to taste it. What did you think? Uh, I'm going to give it a thumbs up, but it's a bit too strong for me. It's a bit too strong for you. Yeah. So I, I'm going to be a little bit different here. I'm going to give it a thumbs down. You're I, just no, being I, difficult. No, I had given it a thumbs down because it has a burn afterwards that does not go away. I don't like having that lingering taste. I didn't experience a long burn I had a, like I had a, like I had a lingering taste. I had a, so I'm going to give it a thumbs down. All right. Thumbs, thumbs down. Up. All right. Tell them your awesome thing. All right. Remember, the science of tomorrow starts with the technology of today. Bye-bye. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on Tech Time Radio. We hope that you had a chance to have that hmm moment today in technology. The fun doesn't stop there. We recommend that you go to techtimeradio.com and join our fan list for the most important aspect of staying connected and winning some really great monthly prizes. We also have a few other ways to stay connected, including subscribing to our podcast on any podcast service from Apple to Google and everything in between. We're also on YouTube. So check us out on youtube.com slash techtimeradio, all one word. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did making it for you. From all of us at Tech Time Radio, remember, mum's the word.